Hey, hey, test one. Test, test, test. test. One. Okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I'm good this time. <laughs> round two. Round two, round, round two, two, round two. Let's go. Wait. Man, Robert Sarver is being investigated by the NBA. Scottie Pippen takes aim at MJ in his new book, and LeBron James is injured for the second time this season. I'm Rosa Panda. This is the Clinic All NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me again. JJ, how you living? Feeling good, feeling great. What up, everybody? John, how you living? Doing well, except for my Lakers, man. Except for my Lakers. <laughs> Sammy, how you living, my friend? Doing well in part because of my Clippers, ironically. <laughs> well, ESPN is investigating Robert Sarver from the Suns, and they are finding some allegations of racism and misogyny. I guess ESPN had included interviews in their article of uh, more than 70 employees during Sarver's tenure. And one of the excerpts actually has a quote here. This is from Robert. You know, why does Draymond Green get to run up the court and say the N-word? And he literally says that word. And after he repeats it several times, Watson says, you can't say that. And, and Watson is black and Hispanic. And Sarver says, why? Draymond Green says the N-word. And basically, Watson replies again, saying, you can't bleepin' say that. What are your guys' reactions to these allegations? Well, I'll, I'll start this one off because uh, this feels a little bit similar to what happened with Donald Sterling. Um, we've been hearing issues with Sarver for years. We've talked about it on this podcast a couple of times that he's cheap. The culture there has never been great. This kind of thing coming out about him doesn't surprise me at all. And I, I've i already been reading and looking around that the league is trying, not necessarily the league, but maybe some people around the league are trying to figure out, will they be able to get him to sell? And the biggest difference here between that and the Sterling situation is that the Sterling one, they had the smoking gun. They had the, the, they had the audio. And they were able to use that specifically as their piece to get him out of the league and they managed to sell the team of course for two billion dollars hell no starver obviously came out preemptively before the story even dropped and already started denying stuff so we know he's going to fight this hard um i think the league would be better if 10 percent of this is true the league would be better without a minute so we'll see what happens from there but it looks like he's going to hang on with everything he can yeah, I mean, everything that was included in that um, article was pretty shocking. I mean, he also had some lewd comments, apparently, to all of his, like, staff, um, including times where he would share intimate stories um, about his interactions with, with females. And it's just... I The only thing that I could really think of is what is it really going to take to get Robert Sarver in real trouble here because he's denying all of the allegations, right? And Sammy, you said it. There's really no smoking gun, so I don't know what comes about from this. What do you guys think? I agree. I think, well, first, if the allegations are true, they're completely awful. And the whole, ish, the situation saying the N-word, I can't believe we were having this conversation in 2021. I'm not surprised by it, but it's just, for me, it's, right. it's ridiculous. Among other things, and I also think, like you said, at this point, they're just allegations. There is no smoking gun. There is no proof. 
that he said these things. There's no recording or anything like that. So it is going to be difficult for them to actually come to a verdict and kick him out of the league. And right. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what comes of it. But at this point, it's it's all hearsay. Yeah, uh, just to add on to what you two were saying, you know, we do live in a time of cancel culture. We do live in America where it's innocent until proven guilty. The numbers that are related to this are just very alarming. You have half a dozen staffers that recounted when Sarver actually said the N-word. That doesn't look good. You have 70 former and current employees that describe the working environment as toxic and hostile. If Sarver's gonna, you know, eventually get fired or be forced to sell, I strongly feel that the players need to lead the charge. Similar yeah. to the Clippers situation that Simon was referring to with Donald Sterling, there was a huge player push. Actually, if you guys remember, remember uh, the Warriors and the Clippers, they almost set out a game to protest. And yeah. Chris Paul has, you know, said, we'll wait and see what happens with Sarver. We're going to reserve judgment. So it doesn't look like this has a strong push like Donald Sterling had with his exile of the NBA. Right. I think it's in part right. because it's it's so much more harsh and worse when you actually hear the words. It kind of puts it into the forefront for everybody. Because by all means, like we're like we're all saying, we have to we have to put up the of course the fact that if any of this is true, if these allegations are true, then this is almost as bad as what Sterling was doing in a lot of ways. It's not quite as extensive with Sterling's history as a landlord. But because we haven't heard it directly from his mouth, we haven't seen the actions on video, it's not quite at the forefront the way it was with Sterling when that video came out. And so I or when the audio came out, excuse me, and I think that's the biggest difference so far and why there's not as much of a push. Right, the point that JJ brought up is actually pretty interesting. Like talking about the players leading a charge and, you know, Chris Paul being involved with both of them, maybe because he just hasn't had that type of interaction with Robert Sarver. Um, it's just going to be inter interesting to see if that eventually comes to light. Like if more information comes, if a player or a number of players are going to like lead this charge against him. Um, and like which players, right? I mean, DeAndre Ayton is on a contract year. Just kidding. I'm, I'm just, that, that was a really poorly placed joke. Anyway, I'm going to move on to the next topic. And Scottie Pippen takes aim at Michael Jordan in his new book titled Unguarded. And basically, Scottie Pippen is saying that he didn't give enough praise to him, enough praise to his teammates during the last dance. What do you guys think of this? You know, the funny thing about the MJ slander from Scottie Pippen's that I've never heard MJ speak badly about Scottie. Scottie, throughout the past few years, has to tap he's attacked Charles Barkley, Isaiah Thomas, John Paxson, his own teammate, and now you're gonna go yeah. after the Hall of Fame coach, Phil Jackson, and then the GOAT, Michael Jordan. If you're gonna come at the king, you best not miss. And you know that Michael Jordan has hardcore fans. So right. let me just go ahead and say that 
to follow up with you know more of my feelings about this in the last dance they just retold the story michael jordan didn't tell you not to play game seven because of your migraine against the pistons he didn't tell you to sit out that that made you look bad scotty number two he didn't tell you to refuse to go in against the knicks in a pivotal game three in the second yeah. round of the of the playoffs where they eventually lost at game seven you chose to sat out and made yourself look bad right didn't, they didn't they didn't twist that story at all they didn't, they didn't twist that story you signed a bad contract for what was it 10 years you tell him jj tell scott you tell him jj tell scott <laughs> yeah. you told you signed that and you had the opportunity to win MVP when Jordan left. You signed with the Houston Rockets after, which was pretty questionable with an aging Rockets team. And then yeah. you had your chance with the Blazers, where John's Lakers beat you guys with that, <laughs> yeah. you know, infamous alley-oop Kobe to Shaq. So I could keep going, but Scotty, Jordan helped your legacy. I don't think anyone here or outside even of the NBA realm doesn't think you're a top 50 player. We all think you're top 50. Stop hurting this beloved legacy that we all love. I'm going to have to do still love. I'm going to have to agree with you, JJ, on that front. I think now if I put my feet in Scotty Pippen's shoes, I will never be able to do that, by the way. My feet are way too big for his shoes. (laughs) So... The my my thing about it is, I think so. You made a good point about us thinking that or knowing that Scottie Pippen is a top fifty player of all time. I think Scottie has issues. He's insecurities about the way that he's perceived in the media, the way that he's perceived by non basketball enthusiasts like us, where he's not given the credit that that he thinks he deserves for the six championships that the Bulls won. And that just comes with the territory of being playing behind the greatest player of all time. It just it just does. LeBron James, like, when it's all said and done, we're not going to be talking about Kyrie Irving on the Cavs, even though he was an in- in- integral part of that championship. It's going to be LeBron James. When we talk about, even when we talk about the Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade is the king of Miami. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance people are still going to be talking about LeBron James over Dwayne Wade. And that just comes with the territory. So Scottie Pippen just, he needs to accept the fact that he's not going to be deemed in that same light as Michael Jordan, as LeBron James. And he shouldn't be because he's not on that tier. But I feel like he, he thinks he deserves way more respect. And maybe he's right. But to come to have the slander and to, to put down your former teammates the greatest player of all time that's that's so petty come on man come on scotty like you have six rings you have you do have the adoration of a lot of of just all of chicago and a lot of basketball fans so there's no reason to to you know continue to say all these things and just try to stay relevant we scotty you're one of the 50 greatest players in the world a lot of people know it and just 
enjoy your whiskey yeah. or your alcohol or whatever you, what you got going on there. <laughs> his popcorn. popcorn. His popcorn. popcorn yeah. <laughs> his popcorn and whiskey or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say basically the same thing that you guys did. It just seems like Scottie Pippen is upset that he's not Michael Jordan. Yeah. That's what it really seems like, right? Like to put it plainly. Yeah, and if I can just add on the only thing, and I let me preface this, I completely agree as well with everyone else. The only thing I'll look at it from from Scott Scotty's perspective is obviously the last dance, it's not necessarily gonna consciously favor Jordan, but it was also, he was the primary narrator. Of course, it's going to be in his shoes and it's his story and what his perspective was. But most of it, like you mentioned earlier, Jay, was pretty accurate. It's not like he went out of his way to, you know, talk down about the other guys. I think the, I think one of the things that Pippen took the wrong way was the foot surgery story, I believe, or the foot or the knee. I think it was before the last, that last oh. year. Remember, he said he put it off. Yeah, you like put the team in jeopardy, right. and he didn't come yeah. till the mid till mid season. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't inaccurate. And even Scotty on the last dance made a point of, well, I wasn't happy, so I wanted to enjoy my summer. I didn't want to rehab. He said it on film. Like, yeah, MJ didn't make him say that, you know. So the thing about it is, you have your own perspective, and you have your version of how things went down. Cool, I respect that. The other problem is the way he's addressed it publicly has been such a bad look for him. He could have done this in a way where he didn't necessarily come off like he's attacking everybody, but like I think John, you were saying, he's coming off as so insecure because it's like he's he's being defensive about everything. And if you just came out and said, you know, I also want to tell my story, this book is my story, I respect Michael's version, but I have my own thoughts on certain things that occurred. It wouldn't have turned into this where we're all saying you're in the wrong because the way he right. did this from a PR and a publicity perspective was just terrible. Where now everyone's looking at him like you're just coming after the goat because you're being insecure about it. So I think he mishandled that as much as anything. And if this was all a ploy to sell books in the end, then cool, you probably sold a few more. But I really <laughs> think he ended up tarnishing his legacy off of this whole thing. He sold, yeah, four, I, he sold four more books total. <laughs> and two bags of popcorn. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got them as gifts, Christmas gifts for my family. <laughs> well, getting to something a little bit more recent, LeBron James is going to be out. He's out again, second time this season, with, a, with an abdominal strain. And I actually want to kick it to John here. Of course you do. I want to know how you... I know. I want to know... <laughs> I mean, our resident Laker Nation fan. Laker Nation, baby. I want to know, how how do you feel about LeBron James being injured for the second time this season? Well, to state the obvious, and what people have been saying for the last five years, it seems, maybe longer... Father Time may finally be catching up to LeBron James. It's not a tumor. And I think it's a valid statement. Father Time is undefeated. Everybody knows that. Michael Jordan. We all saw Michael Jordan with the Wizards. Come on. Like, Father, doesn't matter how great you are. It doesn't matter if you're the greatest of all time. At some point, his age is going to catch up to him. And I think that's, we're starting to see that. It happened when LeBron James hurt his knee in that freak accident last year. And then this year, he's got injured. Like you said, this is the second time. The abdominal strain, they're taking it easy with him, but 
as good as LeBron is, as durable as he's been in his entire career, I think you're starting to see the effects of his age. And he's going to get, I feel like he's going to get more and more injured as he continues to play heavy, heavy minutes for the Lakers. And, you know, as a basketball fan, you hate to see it because LeBron James is that good. If we could, if we could watch him play another 20 years, I'm sure any so any fan of the NBA of basketball would say, yeah, regardless of how much you hate the Lakers, right? I just think it, it's sad. It's sombering. And as a Laker fan, it's even more sad because they're <laughs> definitely in dire need of LeBron James on the court. And it shows. So for me, it's it's like somber, but it's it's expected, right? That's life. Yeah. The, the concerning part about LeBron's injury, too, is... I think he's openly expressed that he did, he doesn't know how he injured it, which is like a typical sign of getting old. Right. Right. Like yeah. all of us, <laughs> we've complained like my back hurts, my neck hurts, my neck and my back. My neck and my back. All all the time, like there's something hurting, yeah. and it just comes with old age. Uh, just to relate to what John said, which is. When LeBron gets injured, all you could do, and you're, you know, you can't help it, is look at the current roster and see if people are picking up LeBron's slack. And it's hard to judge the Lakers when AD is in quote unquote Charles Barkley's coin term street clothes. Right. Yeah, Westbrook going one for thirteen, yeah. and they we've talked about this that Westbrook was brought there to help lead the charge when LeBron goes out. Can I, so, can I say something real quick about that? Yeah, he went for please. 13 stat. I just wanted to say oh. that he shot so bad that it Ben Simmons was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Or maybe Ben Simmons was like, that's a decent night. That's some decent protection. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna express the same sentiment. I mean, we all watched the, that Lakers versus Blazers team, and the only thing that I could think is the Lakers really need LeBron. Like, he can't miss a lot of time. He's gonna probably rush himself back just so that they can make the playoffs if things head this direction. This Blazers team was a very struggling Blazers team, and to get waxed like that, it was kind of eye-opening and surprising. And this West is, I mean, it's seemingly super deep right i mean golden state warriors they shot themselves back up to the top the kings aren't doing so bad don't quote me on that <laughs> the clippers are also rising you got the grizzlies nuggets suns mavericks jazz i mean there is a lot of teams to really rise up against and i don't know if lebron james has the luxury of missing time and you know what's interesting too is like you were saying john father time catches up to everybody but with players in the past, even just uh, guys we talked about in this episode, MJ on the Wizards, even Pippen near the end of his career when he went back to the Bulls, usually you see also the fall off in their statistical play when they're on the court. The interesting thing I'm finding with LeBron right now is that when he's on the court, he still plays like LeBron. There hasn't really been much of a drop off from what sure. I've seen. I don't know if any of you disagree with me on that. Like the lines right. are still there, the game is there. What do you think, John, particularly? Because yeah. he's the one who watches him the most. No, you're 100% correct. That's a that's a great point. That statistically, he's 
either on par of what we've seen or he's even surpassed it in some seasons so that's yeah. incredible I don't, I don't know if that's just a testament to his greatness or i mean that's probably what it is i i think completely it is a testament the so that's the part that's interesting the concerning part to me uh as just a fan of basketball and like you're saying laker or not i like seeing lebron play i don't like the fact that when we got this initial report it just said out at least a week there's no right. timetable really and now another report came out from the Lakers' old uh, strength and conditioning coach where he's saying it might be four to eight. There's a lot of ambiguity. And in the past, when we've seen injury issues yeah. like that, it usually goes longer rather than shorter. LeBron takes care, better care of his body than almost anybody in the history of athletics from what we've seen. We've seen what he goes through. I think he said he spends a million dollars taking care of his body annually, which is probably why he's been so durable. But that part, the fact that we don't know at all what the timeline looks like really all we know is it's at least a certain point that part is very concerning uh from how i see it personally yeah i'm i'm gonna agree and you know i'm gonna move on to our next hold up the nhl season is underway and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a depth deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Throw down just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit or $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh. So we played at least 10, 11 games for almost every team here. And I want us to draw some early conclusions. And first, I'm going to start with the rookies. Who have been the most... Who... Just name one rookie. Who's been the most impressive? And we have some impressive rookies. So last week, I sang the praises of Evan Mobley. So I want to switch it up a, a little bit here. And I want to talk about Scotty Barnes. He's been killing it. Ah, uh, you took my... Toronto. <laughs> You took yeah, that he's, pick. Yeah, that was yes. my pick. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so we have a I'll consensus speak, here. I'll speak yeah. for the choir to start, man. 16.5 points, 8.7 rebounds, PER of 19, which most rookies are usually in the low teens. Right. And just above all that, he's getting praised by some pretty high-end talent. Brooklyn played them recently, and Durant uh, in the post-game conference was just raving about his ability he said uh, a quote of his was you've got a lot of guys who love to compete and win but what's more rare about scotty barnes is his iq for the game his length his enthusiasm for the game all that stuff shines bright when you watch him play you can just tell he wants to be there for his teammates he wait he makes winning basketball plays he said all that and then someone he asked how old he was and someone mentioned in uh in the press that he was 20 and he was like blown away by it so <laughs> great start and if you remember in the draft uh that pick was a bit of a surprise uh no one was quite sure if he was going to go that high or if he was going to slip a pick or two so mm -hmm. it was a mild surprise when he went where he did so so because be, so because sammy sammy stole all of our picks so all three of our same uh choice 
I'm going to have to pivot, and I'm going to say Jalen Green. Although his stats aren't, yeah, they haven't been the best. He's not shooting great from the field, 35%, and only 28% from three. He has shown flashes of somebody who can be electric. He has the tools. He's very raw, but he has the tools. He can be somebody, if they teach him fundamentals and how to play the game and how to think, I think he has potential. Or he could be the next Gerald Green. So that's <laughs> remains to be seen. Yeah, the yeah. the kid the kid's only nineteen. Right. That's the part yeah. that really surprises me. And is he's actually really competing. He's made some like smart plays. A lot of them very energetic. I like what I see from him too. So what I love about the rookies that all of you mentioned, they re they really remind me of the nineties players that we grew up and love so scotty barnes he actually reminds me of grandmama larry johnson just straight Ooh. raw power take it to the rim kind of like sir charles barkley you have evan mobley like a more athletic kevin garnett if you can yeah, even, kg like kg ish and then with you know jalen green he totally reminds me of a mcgrady Mm, Quick, okay. agile, lengthy, and just takes it to the rack. And he has, you know, if he works on it, shot making ability as well. So, referring back, like, I always compared the rookies to players that we grew up on. And I can't, you know, help myself but compare those three to players that are just, that were exciting to watch. What do you, yeah, and. Go ahead. I was just going to say, what do you guys think about Cade Cunningham? He hasn't had the best start to his oh, NBA man. season. I'm reserving judgment there only because he started off with injury immediately. I kind of want to give it a little bit more time and see when he's back in the flow. Obviously, it hasn't looked great to start, but I'm reserving judgment for now. You might have to reserve it for a long time because he also plays for the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Excuse me. And that... That group around him, man, it's it's not Dude. great. It's not like everyone that we've mentioned, like they have a decent team around them. Like Jalen Green, that Rockets team is actually really surprising. The more surprising one is actually Evan Mobley and the Cavs. Mm -hmm. Like the Cavs look like a lot of fun, right? And then that Raptors team is actually pretty decent as well. And they're getting Pascal Siakam back pretty soon, right? Mm -hmm. They just got him back. So, I mean, I, I expect a jump from Scotty Barnes, too. Did you guys see that clip of Scotty Barnes playing defense on uh, James Harden? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's, like, a highlight reel of him playing defense on James Harden for, like, two minutes. I think it was it's him. Just all the clips. I think it was him and KD, back-to-back -back possessions. I think he was kind of shutting him down. Dude. Yeah, he has that's, that's the stuff I like, man, is when a young gun can play some defense. I like this right so now the next topic here, what about surprise teams that you believe can keep their momentum? I don't think it's a surprise, but the Heat look great. I think they have a really like full roster, meaning that one through 10, Yeah. you could just sub someone in and some sub someone out and it'll, it'll be seamless. You have um, great defense, a top five defense, and a top eight, top 10 offense. 
Yeah, they're actually number three on offense right now. Oh, and number, number three four on defense. And four on defense, so top five in both categories. Yeah. And you have our boy hero that <laughs> is potentially a candidate for sixth man of the year and most improved. Clear favorite. Yeah, and you know, he was partnering it up with the Miami girls. <laughs> he loves basketball again. I did not expect him to make that leap. Did anyone else? Not to this level. Not to how well he's played so far this year. He kept saying that he was going to have a revenge year because last year was he struggled. And he, you know, he, he got slandered. To, yeah, he got slandered and he stuck to his word. So props on him for proving people wrong. I'm yeah, gonna... he had that quote right at the start of the year. Sorry, I'm going to take off. He had no, that quote right at the start of the year. Yeah, the, the one where quote. he felt he should be like with Trey and those guys. <laughs> and everyone kind of laughed yeah. it off. And you know what? I laughed it, it off. It up. I did yeah. too. And he's backed it up. I mean, it, let's be real. It's still kind of outlandish, but he's definitely proving that he at least kind of belongs in the conversation. But he's he's not on that same tier now. No, I, I agree. It's at least a conversation now, whereas before it was laughable. Uh, a laughable question, I think. Yeah. So I'm going to go in this direction, and it's not because of one player, because I know that's what you guys are thinking, but I'm going to go with the Washington Wizards. And no, it's not because of Kyle Kuzma. Of course. No, 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 no. It's KCP. No, no. That's what it is. <laughs> hey, hey, he. Okay. They got Harold Man. They got so, <laughs> KCP. They got all my favorite former players. That's why. No, they're playing well. And um, I think what it is is they have a system, and the, the, guy, the, the guys on the team are buying into their roles. I think. Kuzma doesn't think he's better than he is. On the Lakers, he seemed that way. I don't I don't know why. Maybe it's just LA. And then you have Bradley Beal, he's obviously a stud. Spencer Dinwiddie, who I is playing pretty well. Yeah, then the, Montrez Harrell, who's actually what we thought he was going to be with the LA, where he's putting up great numbers off the bench. He didn't do that for the Lakers for whatever reason. Probably because of Dennis Schroeder. But Vogel? <laughs> yeah, or Vogel. And then Rhea uh, Hachimura hasn't even... I don't think he's played yet. I could be wrong on that front, but he's also a key piece on that team. So I think... I honestly think the Wizards are going to maintain this, and I think they're going to end up with a top... potentially top five seed in the East. Um, I'm going to go with Memphis. I, uh, I think on the subject of pieces that haven't come back yet, Dylan Brooks is finally almost ready to come back and I think because they haven't been part of the conversation most fans if they're more casual probably don't realize how important he is to that team Jaw clearly looks like he took a year three jump I know Jackson's kind of been a little bit inconsistent but it seems like that team has really good chemistry they play well together they've been six and four now they're obviously like we talked about it too early but they're already they're still in the top five race as it is they have an outside shot at that division early on since that division's not very good uh, outside of Dallas and I, I think they're going to keep it up I think Brooks will fit right back in with that team as it is and they have the assets if they want to go for it to make another trade that's true so I like where that team is going and they're just going to get better because they're so young yeah I'm going to agree with you Sammy what what teams should be panicking right now relative to their expectations during um, the off season the Hawks not I gotta Ooh, start with the Hawks. You said you said the Hawks. The reason I say the Hawks is because uh, they got killed again tonight. So by uh, 
by a team that I know some of the people on here seem to like, your Golden State Warriors. Um, you know what I'm concerned about with them is an interview or it was a press, it was either a post game or an interview came out with Trey. And he commented on how he thought the regular season was boring and that he just wants to get to the playoffs because it's funner than and it's the games are worth more. And I respect the fact that the playoffs are obviously higher stakes, but you've been there one time. Like, let, let's not talk like you're a 10 year vet, like you're the last dance Bulls or you're the Lakers of the Kobe era or the current era. You've been right. there once and you won a couple rounds. What you guys did last year was very impressive, but don't start talking like you're that entitled. And the fact yep. that he's already talking about the regular season is boring and they've opened up the way they have, I'd be very worried if I was a fan of that team right now. Yeah, and they got there on a shortened season. Like, we're we're going longer. Yep. And it's only November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my, my You're going to be bored for six months. True. Absolutely true. I mean, my pick was going to be the Celtics. But, I mean, that one kind of feels obvious to me, right? With everything that's going on there. Especially with Marcus Smart, his comments. We had covered that already. But it seems like there could potentially be some light at the end of the tunnel with Shams reporting that they're interested in Ben Simmons. Hmm. Would that? Do you think that would change anything for the Celtics do you guys see a certain trade or a fit there where they would might shoot towards at least the top eight in the Eastern Conference I wonder what would you, what would they yeah what would they give up so because... funny you mentioned that Bleacher Report is reporting that from uh, Daryl Morey who you know always takes a big swing Jalen Brown would have to be part of that deal Ooh. and I don't think that's happening, but that's that's what's being reported right now, as of today. Yeah, that's a lat- to me, that's a lateral move if you get rid of Jalen Brown. Obviously, Tatum's untouchable, but if you get rid of Jalen Brown, to me, that's just a lateral move. They're, they have different skill sets, but I don't see how you make a leap by getting rid of your second best player. Well, and Jalen Brown, he's a two-way player, where Ben Simmons, you could argue he's just a one-way player that could ball handle. Right. Right. And he's bigger. He's so big. He's, a, pref- he's bigger and he's better defensively, I would say. But essentially, yeah. yeah, they have they have similar skill sets. Well, I guess there is just more darkness at the end of the tunnel for the Celtics. We'll see if they could get out of that tunnel and find some light. I don't know what exactly they're going to do, but they just seem like an absolute mess. We're going to move on to actually some gambling updates um, with, of course, our sponsor, DK Sports Draft. Like with these numbers here, with MVP favorites. I'm actually going to shoot this over to Sammy here. So on the MVP front, uh, as of now, the favorite is now actually Steph at uh, at 5-1. to one. So you're still getting plus 500, which is solid odds. Durant's right behind him at 550. Lucas is at 650. And Giannis is at 650. Uh, when we talked about gambling odds before, I think the big thing that we all mentioned are in agreement on is that you can't understate the importance of the narrative. And right now, the way it comes off to me from media, even me myself, I think the press and the fans are falling back in love with the Warriors again. I don't hear anything negative about that team right now. Everyone loves Steph. He's clearly still on top of his game. If that team rides the way they are, they end up winning 55, even 60 games. I don't see how he doesn't win it of those favorites. 
There's obviously things that could happen. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully there's no injury concerns. Obviously the other big thing that we've talked about uh, a lot on this pod is integrating a big piece like Clay back in. There's probably going to be an adjustment period that we're going to have to see. We'll have to watch how that plays out. But to me, he's clearly the favorite of those top four that I mentioned right now. Yeah, I mean, the, what surprises me is the difference between Durant and Curry. It's only it's only 50. And it seems like Curry should be a way heavier favorite than that. So I'm wondering if they see some abnormal statistical stuff from Durant coming in the future. Just because he's still at the top of his game. I don't know if they're going to feel like Curry is going to take a little bit of a drop off towards the end of the season or what. That one's kind of surprising to me. I think it's perception. The fact that the Brooklyn Nets are going through a lot of tumultuous things and, and controversy, let's put it that way. And so if Duran is able to lead them to a top three seed in the East, that improves his chances of winning the MVP. And I do want to say one quick thing before I turn it over to you, JJ or June. Please, for our listeners, please gamble responsibly and don't be there like don't be like Sammy and wager <laughs> yeah. his money on Paul George winning MVP because that wouldn't be a good that's not that's not responsible at all. We call that a value play, John. And and to all of our listeners, only bet what you can afford. Thank you very much. Totally is correct. Thank, Thank you. you. If you guys had to put a bet, okay, on any on these three dark horses. We have John Morant at 2,200, Paul George at 3,000, and Jimmy Butler at 3,000. If you just had like some some money that that Uncle Sammy was gonna loan you, <laughs> what where would you go with that bet? I'd probably go Jimmy Butler for Miami because as we've discussed over and over I was again, say the same thing. It's usually best player on the best team wins MVP. And Jimmy Butler and the Heat, they just look amazing. I just don't see John Morant, you know, going into the three, the top three seeds with the Grizzlies. And in terms of Paul George, he deserves all the praise. But if Steph couldn't get MVP last year, I don't see how Paul George could get it this year with the current record that they do have. We'll see what happens if and when Kawhi comes back or even you know hopefully he even comes plays back this season even yeah. if he plays this season you know Kawhi has known to be weird but out of the three dark horse value plays that you, you know, just stated I would have to say Jimmy Butler what's with everybody stealing our picks this episode first is Sammy then it was JJ come on guys <laughs> yeah for sure it's, I think we're all kind of in consensus here that it'd probably be yeah, Jimmy Butler Jimmy. for all the reason yeah, that, that JJ just said. Though the homer in me would, sure. would take some of that money and at least throw a 50 spot on on PG. Oh, I don't know, man. Like if Steph can't win it after like winning the scoring title, I don't know what Paul George needs to do to win that. I'll, I'll freely tell you it's a homer pick, but if you want me to draw the line of what I think would have to happen is he keeps the numbers he keeps now. They stay around the five or six seed. Kawhi gets back in March, and they get up to the fourth. <laughs> That's how Paul George gets that. It's this... a very, very thin narrative. Like it has to go a very specific way, so it's not likely at all. But I think that's the the route that it would go, where he's averaging what he is right now, which is 27, 8, and 5. He keeps those numbers, and then Kawhi gives them the boost they need to get to where they need to be. 
I disagree. I, I think for that to happen, I disagree. I think it. I think LeBron would have to stay injured. Luca would have to get injured. Dame would have to get injured. <laughs> you know, should I keep Sam, going? I'm, I'm sensing Sammy's, a little hate, but all right. <laughs> Sammy's elaborate story definitely sounds like he gambles. He's like, only if this happens and this happens. That's why happen. I said a 50 spot and a 50 <laughs> spot only. I'm, I'm taking the big money on Steph right now. I'm running to the bank with that. I hear you. I hear you, Savvy. All right. So for our next topic, I'm going to ask about under-overs here. The Warriors are at 49 and a half at minus 110. Do you guys like that? Do you guys like the under or the over there? The Warriors are at 49 and a half, even after their hot start at eight and one for minus 110. Would you guys pick the under or over here? I would run to the app as fast as I could and absolutely slam the over on this. I do not understand why it's still 49 and a half when that's what round what it was to start the year. I like I I would never distinctly tell all of our listeners to go make a bet on my behalf, but I love that play right now. I think that's one of the best <laughs> plays on the board. I feel like it's got to be over. There has to be an employee like asleep and he forgot to change the the number. <laughs> you know, no it's an interesting that... thing on DraftKings though that I noticed is that they kept the over-unders longer than other books did. And so you're still able to, to make some plays 10 games into the year. That's an awesome feature. And I don't say that solely because they're our sponsor, but it's because it's a unique feature of that sports book. Shout out DraftKings. All right, I'm gonna go with the last one. It's gonna be a double or a dud. We all saw the City Edition jerseys come out this week. Did you guys think it was a dub or dub for these jerseys? Did you like them? Which one stood out to you, etc.? I mean, some of them look really, really cool. Um, you know, we all know it's a it's a play for Nike to make more money. You gotta if you're a true fan, you're gonna pick up the new jersey, right? True. But I'm gonna kind of be a hater for I would say at least half the jerseys. Like all they did was one minor change and like the colors. The colors are like the Celtics one. It's like I think silver instead of like white. It's like yeah. There's no incentive for me to buy that other than if I wanted. A silver color font of Boston or, you know, <laughs> Celtics. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get it. I'm more inclined to buy the retro jerseys. But, you know, being a Warrior fan, the, the new city jersey for the Warriors, I think it's pretty dope.
Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah. I like Golden States. And I, I don't know. I was just always a fan of the simplicity of it, and it just has the. Uh, it doesn't have the, the team name on the front. I think it's. I think that always that's dope. And then the color scheme is also really cool to me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with Jay though. They're, it seems like they didn't really do much. They just had very minor, minute details changed, and then they're charging what 150, 200 dollars for these or whatever they are. A lot. Yeah. Exactly. I would I'm... love for the 75th anniversary if all of them were a retro idea. Um, That's what they should have done. Yeah, for for 75 that you go back, like kind of like what I was saying with Chicago. There, there's a very clear calling to the past history of that team. Yeah. Um, so I think. Or even with across... the Wolves, the Timberwolves, it looks like right. back in KG's day, right? Yeah. With the purple exactly. and like the tree lining. Yeah, yeah. I I think that would have mm -hmm. been a cool idea mm -hmm. just to call back on the league's history. And would have been a better hit than what we've seen for a lot of the jerseys this year. Yeah, I agree. And you know, that's actually all we have for this podcast today. JJ, thanks for being on. Yeah, man. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you, guys. And Sammy, thanks for being on, brother. Always a pleasure, my friend. And I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.